0: This is the Unstoppable Podcast, where we are dedicated to bringing you comprehensive insight into the ways and purposes of God. We hope this podcast will encourage, equip, and empower you with meaningful insight from the Word of God to receive His promises and live a life without limits. As you realize your potential, you will join a dynamic group of passionate people who are actively bringing the unstoppable power of heaven into the darkest places on earth. Here is your host, Justin Self. Hello and welcome to the Unstoppable Podcast. This is
1: Justin Self, and I'm really excited about today's podcast. But before we start, I just wanted to say this episode, just like all the other ones, are made possible by our supporters. We want to say thank you so much for supporting us financially and if you aren't yet a supporter encourage you to consider it check it out you can go to patreon.com slash unstoppable blog and feel free to email me as well if you have any questions about some of the financial stuff but you've heard um, another podcast that we're doing stuff in kenya and we have big vision for really you know equipping leaders empowering leaders I'm um, doing community service prog- projects over there, and so that's kind of our focus this year on that. More on that later, but we just wanted to say thank you so much, and, and I'm really excited for what, what is ahead. So, all right. So today, the reason I'm so excited is I'm not alone. I have a special guest with me today, and this is a man who is awesome, right? That's it. That's all I'm going to say. No, I'm just kidding. Um, so Todd Aton is with us today. Todd, hello. Hey Justin, how you doing? Hey, so good, man. Thank you so much for being here. I'm just, I'm trying to hold it back. I'm really excited that you're here. This is gonna be awesome. I'm super stoked. I was, yeah. I was trying to think before you know we got on the call, like how long has it been since we
2: actually? What was the coffee shop that we used to go to? It was, was it Brood Awakening? It was, it
1: was Brood Awakenings in Vancouver. Yeah. 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 And how long has it been since we since we've done coffee? Well, three it's been years. At least, how
2: long have you been down there?
1: It's been at least five years. At least five. Yeah, at least five. And I think we, I'm pretty sure we made it a point to meet before we moved down here. So it's roughly five, maybe five and a quarter. Wow. But Todd and I met, we first met at church and Todd, I don't know if we've talked about this very much, but I want to share really quickly how we met, which is really hilarious to me from my perspective. And I don't think we've ever had this conversation, so I'm going to share this with everybody. But first, everybody who's listening, okay, who is Todd? Why is he so cool? first met him at church. This guy is awesome. He's a servant leader. He actually moved down to help with a church plant in Vancouver. One thing that I really love about Todd is that this guy raises his children right. Like I always, Todd, you know this, I call you and I, a lot of the times I ask you for parenting advice because it's not just because we're friends, but it's because I've seen your kids. And I'm like, okay, this is how I want to do it. I want to be like this guy. I want to raise kids like him because I've seen it. He's, he's doing it well. Your kids are in college. Your youngest is a sophomore well she would be a
2: sophomore normally but she did the running start program in washington state they let you take college classes in high school junior and senior year and she filled her schedule and okay. got her aa she got her aa graduating as a senior in high school so nice. she is actually a senior now um so yeah she'll awesome. be done in
1: a, one more semester awesome And that's awesome so he's an awesome guy so I want to tell the story, Todd, uh, and remind me if you if you even remember this. So when I first started coming to the church up north, I was just kind of hit and miss. I would show up late, kind of you know, leave early. You know, I just wasn't, I wasn't, I wasn't wanting, I didn't want to connect with anybody. All right. I, I didn't, it was a really friendly church and I, and I knew that. And I liked it, but then like, when it got to the point where people started talking to me, I was like, I- I'm out. I don't really want to really connect with anybody. This was before I had my um, experience with the Lord and turned on fire for Jesus. And so one week I come in and I had just gotten shot in the leg. <laughs> so I come hobbling in here on these crutches. And more on that later, everybody. I'll, I'll share more on that later if you haven't heard the story. <laughs> so, so I'm coming in here on crutches and, and this guy... Like I remember, Todd, do you remember this? This guy like rolls up to me. Oh man. Okay. So Todd, Todd's the guy, Todd rolls up to me and I don't know this guy from Adam, right? I don't know who this person is. I'm already kind of weirded out by this church. I've gotten, I, I come in on crutches, so I'm even more embarrassed. Right. And, uh, and Todd asks me like the weirdest question. I don't, this guy's a stranger. He's like, Hey, can I, can I pray for your leg? Like what happened? Can I pray for your leg? And I'm like, Oh man, what do I say? Right? Like, sure. I guess, you know? And I had, I had been going to this church at least long enough to see miracles and like see things happen. And so it wasn't totally out of the ordinary, but I was definitely a little bit like, oh wow, this is awkward that it's happening to me. Right. So it was kind of weird, but I also really wanted it. You know, like it was, it was like a real encounter with the Lord that I, I had never had. And so I was totally receptive, although I was like a little awkward. So Todd doesn't know me and he just lays his hand on my leg and he prays over me. Right You spoke over my leg and everything, and you didn't again, you didn't know I got shot, you didn't know what was going on, you just prayed over no. it and and that, and that was it. Well, long story short, I got healed. You know, I had gotten severely injured in the leg, but the healing Todd, was so rapid they they to, I forgot what they told me, but they, they told me that the recovery process would be so many months or anything. But man, I'm telling you, I got healed of that thing, so you were part of that, man, and that was how we met. so <laughs> isn't that cool? That is cool that is cool. It's funny. Like, I don't even remember doing that.
2: That one Mm -hmm. night I was talking to Julie's my wife. Um, I was talking to her because she's good friends with Jenny. I was actually trying to figure out like, how long have I actually known Justin? Mm -hmm. And it was before you got married. So Mm -hmm. I I was just trying to kind of place it in the, in the timeline, but I I don't remember. It had to be at least 10 years ago. And then it was. Yep. 10 to some somewhere in the last 10 to 15 years we hooked up and since then it it's been pretty cool because you're one of the few people that I can geek out with on more than one level you know we used to sit down at the you know at the coffee place and we could talk for a couple of hours easy you know about what was going on in our in our lives and what what we were learning what we were reading out of the Bible what the holy spirit was speaking to us and those were great times and we've had several phone conversations since then while you've been down there going to school and stuff we can geek out about engineering stuff too yeah so you're like the only person well Casey Bonebreak is another he's mm-hmm. an engineering manager but mm-hmm. so we can we can geek out the depths of talks that we can have with respect to the word and then the things Justin just sent me, it's funny. Like, Justin, you'll send me your projects that you work on. Mm, yeah. Like the last one you just sent was the, the space mission to go gather up debris. And you had like yeah. the, the four different orbits that you had to calculate and the, the distances and how the, the rover thing had to go and do all the calculations to get to it and all that kind of stuff. And it's funny, like you send me that stuff. I actually understand what it mm-hmm. is you're doing, number mm-hmm. one, mm-hmm. but I don't, but I read it anyway. And it's just fun because you're giving me insight into what aerospace engineering is kind of like, which is just a different discipline of you yep. know, engineering. And, and we both have that shared history. And so there's all these things that, you know, you and I have kind of shared, but not shared experience with, but yet it's just fun to be able to geek out you know, with
1: you yeah. anytime. Totally. So, And I was going to say that, you know, there's a scripture I've been meditating on recently, and it reminds me of you and me both. This is, so I'm doubling down on what you're saying. Check this out. This is 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 15. And it says, Study to show thyself approved of God, a workman that needs not to be ashamed, rightly dividing, right, dividing, the, word dividing the word of the truth. Yeah. Now, Todd, I'm not going to, this isn't actually probably where the podcast is going, but this is just me kind of bringing something up real quick about you that I love that word rightly dividing the word of truth. I've studied this for years, but I've never seen this until fairly recently. It's the, it's the Greek word or ortho tomeo, and ortho. You probably recognize that orthographic, mm-hmm. you know, orthogonal or 90 degrees too. Right. And it actually describes like a scalpel cutting something very, very precisely. So kind of the, this idea of mm-hmm. orthogonal, very precise. Yeah. So for me, I always thought it was like, okay, you're rightly dividing the word of truth. It means you need to correctly know how to, organize the Bible and correctly bring things out of in, in context and out of, I guess, not out of context in a bad way, but like different scriptures are woven together, right? And you need to, we need to understand how to rightly divide the word and how not to interpret it and how to interpret it. So that's, that, that's kind of the only interpretation I had of that scripture. I was doing some studies lately on it. Turns out that this word actually carries the idea of, listen, digging or cutting new veins as in a mining expedition. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, and I started looking deeper, and it literally, me, like you could actually translate this thing as like cutting new veins with the word of God. Like you're not making something up new, you're following a gold gold vein or something that's way down down in there, but you're chipping away, and you're like finding new veins that are connected to the old thing. And so that has resonated with me so deeply because that's Mm -hmm. how I am as a person, as a person with like an engineering mindset. I love going down and following where the vein goes. And, and this is something I absolutely love about you, Todd, is that you have, you, you you have a different perspective, not a wrong, like not a weird perspective, but it's like, when you talk about the Bible every single time, I'm like, oh my goodness, I've read that a hundred times, but I've never thought of it that way. And like, you have a way of bringing that out. So that's my encouragement. And and again, I'm, I'm talking to the listeners as well, but that's what I love about us, Todd, is that we, we do that. And and that's what we're going to do today. I I don't know where we're going to go with this exactly. I know we have, I know you do have something kind of on your mind and heart to share. I'm just excited to hear these new veins and engage with you over it. So. So that's, it's cool that you bring that up. I I
2: think that I oftentimes think differently about scripture and I'm really super careful about what I talk about because as a teacher of the word, you're held accountable by God for what you teach. And so I think one of the things that I'm, really super careful about is making sure that I observe a really clear pattern, you know, before I teach anything. And that's one of the things that like, as you and I were talking, you know, in preparation for the time that we'd get together and do it a podcast at some point in the future, thankfully that's here. I've been kind of batting this idea around and, and really I've been thinking about this particular topic for probably six to nine months now, Actually, maybe even a little bit longer. I was going back and checking my notes because I, I timestamp a lot of things, and some of this was you know formulated almost a year ago. You know when I when I first kind of started going down this path, and for your audience, you know I I'd, I'd sent Justin some notes on kind of what I was thinking about doing, but really all I did was I just kind of outlined some scripture yeah. and then jotted some ideas, and I thought it it would just be fun to. You know, I've got my coffee cup here and imagine that we're back at Brute Awakenings and yep. saying, hey, man, check this out. This is actually kind of cool. I'm not entirely sure about you know what I'm saying here because it's new. I'm still digesting it. There's different fresh aspects, but this is definitely a vein. Like cool. if, if we're tackling this we may not even be able to get to a third of it or half. of it. I don't know <laughs> because there's so, this is yeah. so rich. Like yeah. the deposit here is so rich in the scripture. And I think by you bringing that up, if we're going to go explore this vein, it's definitely going to take some effort. It's going to take some work. We're going to have to do some digging. And because I I'm super careful about what I I'm going to try and distinguish between what the word says and what I think so that I'm, I'm careful there because there are some things that i think that we're going to have to be careful about when we're talking about this topic and you'll you'll see as we as we got dive in there but i wanted to make sure that everybody knows that as we're going through this i want to point out that this is three different authors in the new testament and one of the authors also recorded what jesus had to say about it so what Jesus said, what John said, what Peter said, and what Paul said, mm-hmm. and how they how they all line up and they they kind of form this this base of this idea that is really something that I've never heard any other teacher online or in person talk about quite the way that we'll talk about this. Now I've heard bits and pieces and I've heard kind of watered down versions of this but really this can be pretty it can be pretty heavy i guess really but we'll try and make it light enough and we'll try and make it understandable enough that everybody can follow along easily
1: mm-hmm.
2: are you ready are you ready to just strap in and seat belt and launch off onto this
1: this project of ours go dive Man, into I, this vein i am so ready I am really ready. I love this. I got your notes pulled up. I've actually highlighted a couple (laughs) things already that I'm going to point out as we're talking, but I'm excited. This is, this is cool. So this whole thing started out for me by reading second Peter
2: and I'm just going to read, I'll read it right out of NIV. I got NIV for Eric because I heard on, was it episode one or two behind the scenes that Eric's an NIV guy. Uh So (laughs) So I, I read, when I read, I read the Bible several times on different passages. I typically read book by book in order. And I like to strip out the verse numbers and the chapter titles and all that kind of stuff. Cause it wasn't there in the original Greek and Hebrew and Aramaic, Aramaic. Mm-hmm. It was just, I don't even know if they had punctuation, but mm-hmm. I'm sure there was some kind of way of delineating sentence and having some kind of structure there, but. I also read different versions of the same thing. Now, I'm a person that I believe that the scripture is in, it's inspired by the Holy Spirit, and it's completely inerrant. There's no error in it. But I'm also a person that I think that the translations from the original may or may not be as inspired Mm -hmm. or as inerrant as the original. So I'm a, Mm -hmm. I'm a inspired inerrant original writings and that some things can get lost in translation because the language constructs of English just don't support it or the words just don't convey it. Like for example, love, right? There's four different, we have one word in English. There's four different words in, in, you Mm -hmm. know, Greek. And how do you translate that? Right. And how do you convey the depths of that? And it it just, it kind of falls short for us in many ways. And so I like to read multiple versions of the same thing because it gives me kind of a broader picture of what it is. I like to see lots of scriptures talking about the same thing. I like to see lots of versions of those scriptures kind of lining up because in many ways they don't. So Mm -hmm. for me, this whole thing started because I was, I was working my way through second Peter. And Peter, in chapter 1, verse 3 and 4, he says, His divine power has given us everything we need for a godly life through our knowledge of him who called us by his own glory and goodness. Through these, he has given us his very great and precious promises so that through them you may participate in the divine nature, having escaped the corruption in the world caused by evil desires. Now, you hear this all the time, and you hear it taught, And you hear different perspectives on it. But the thing that jumped off the page to me was through the promises you may participate in the divine nature. Yeah. And that was the first time that I'd read this a hundred times. I'd heard tons of sermons on First Peter, you know, or Second Peter Mm -hmm. chapter one. And but that leapt off the page. And part of that is that when I was in Grade school, growing up, middle school, high school, my mom taught me to personalize scripture. Mm, yeah. And so I've been on this project, which I'm essentially rewriting books of the New Testament in a personalized way as a conversation between me and the Father, because cool. Jesus yeah. came to restore my relationship with the Father. Right. And so I thought, what is it like to have a conversation with the Father? So I'm imagining what this conversation looks like. And so I'm rewriting vast portions of things that interest me in a way where I'm having this conversation with God. When I see the father or God, I say, I rewrite it as you. And if I see like Jesus or Christ or the Messiah, I rewrite it as your son. And when I see you, I rewrite that as I, so it's I, you and your son, you Mm -hmm. know, in kind of that. That's how my phraseology works as I kind of personalize this. And so the way that I was examining this verse, it looks like everything I need for godliness was deposited in me. Mm. Now that's, that wording is used in a, in a different version. And it was in the passion translation. God has already deposited, you know, everything I can need for life in complete devotion. Mm, Yeah. By his divine power. So that's been deposited in me. Right. So everything I need for godliness was deposited in me. Now, when you think of godliness, what comes to your mind? That was a real question, by the way. (laughs) I caught you off guard. The The way that most people think about godliness, I think, is they think about their ability to follow God's rules you know, God's laws, God, you know, Mm -hmm. being godly is like living, you know, like God in the way that you would normally think about it in terms of I'm following God's commands, I'm following his laws, you know, that kind of a thing. Yeah. Godly action, this godly action, that, or something of that nature. Right. Exactly. But for me personally, I think of it like godlikeness. That's good. And I think about it as I replace godliness when I'm personalizing things with God likeness or a longer way of version. And what I mean by that is God's kind and quality of life. Like the way that God lives, not like the way that I live in response to the way that I think I should live because I believe in God, but Mm -hmm. the way that God actually lives. Yeah. Right. Mm -hmm. So I was like, everything I need for God likeness, everything I need for living the God kind and quality of life was deposited in me. Yeah. And as I continue on with that thought, priceless promises were given to me. Mm -hmm. Because that's what, you know, that's what it says. Yep. And then I am a divine participant. And and I'm like, whoa. I'm a divine participant. And Mm it it's that action word that really kind of blew my mind when I personalized it. I'm a divine participant. Yeah. Yeah. And so it's, you know, in NIV, it's so you may participate in the divine nature. In the God's word translation, it's I will share in the divine Mm -hmm. nature. In Amplified, it's I have to find it because Amplified is so long. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Uh, You may escape. Oh, become sharers. Yeah. And then um, in in the Passion Translation, you can experience partnership, partnership right? Yeah. So I'm a I'm a partner. I'm a sharer. I'm sharing. I am partaking. I am participating. Yeah. Yeah. All of those are like action words, right? Right. Participate, share, partake, partner, and yeah. they're all verbs. And it's and th- it's this thing that like I actively am a part of and active in, and that's what jump started this whole rabbit trail, this whole vein that we're going to (laughs) mine. And that's a long introduction to the idea, but I'm a divine participant. Yeah. This is Peter. This is his kind of version, you know, his initial stab at this idea, not initial stab, but it's a continuation of the thought through the words of Peter that he wrote down in his second letter. And it led me really to backtrack to, well, what does Jesus have to say about this? Because... Everything in the New Testament centers on what, on Jesus, right? It revolves around his work and what he did and the role that he played and, and how that affects the course of my life today from over 2000 years
1: ago. Right. I could see as you're reading this, at least this is the way I would think about it. And this is how I do scripture as well. Like I'll read something maybe in an epistle, like what you're talking about, one of the Mm -hmm. letters It blows my mind and for a moment I have that spark right Mm -hmm. where I'm like wait a minute it's almost like something I I just discovered something that feels like it's too good to be true and so then instead of going crazy I say okay participating in the divine nature like that sounds kind of like a really big deal right okay if this is a (laughs) thing like (laughs) if this is actually a thing let's go to somewhere else that I can take to the bank and not have any question about right Uh so it's like hey let's go back to the words of Jesus yeah, and then let's look for patterns right I remember that's that's what we do. Like engineers, like we, we see and we notice patterns, we look for patterns. And so I'm kind of, I'm guessing, I'm foretelling, this is what you're doing here. <laughs>
2: yep. sure. Yep. Foreshadowing. It's the foreshadowing okay. <laughs> part of any movie, right? Yeah, that's it. No, that's totally true. So, you know, like I said earlier, anytime that I spend time, you know, teaching somebody, I really want to see that pattern and I want to see it not just from one person. I want to see it from multiple people. And you know, that's kind of an old Testament principle, right? Two or three witnesses, right? Anything's things are established. And so I really want to see that. Like, I don't want to build something out of just one or two things that are said in a small context or a limited context. I want to see it in the broader context.
1: And so, otherwise it wouldn't be a vein, would it? It'd be a little depositable here right? and there wouldn't It'd be. be a there's tiny gotta deposit. be a connection. Uh-huh. Exactly. Yeah.
2: And so it's it's always those connections and those patterns that I look for that I kind of geek out on, right? So Totally. Like the one thing that I could think of right away that Jesus talked about that sort of sounded like this. Mm-hmm. And that immediately took me to John 14 and 15. And because there... Correct me if I'm wrong, but I'm pretty sure that's where he's, it's the last days right before he's going to die. And he's imparting those last bits of encouragement or wisdom or whatever it was he was trying to impart to the disciples at the time. And they're actually having this dialogue with rapid fire question sessions back and forth with Jesus. And it's funny because you look at the questions that they're asking. And for example, like Phillips, John 14, mm-hmm. 8, 11, right? So yep. show, Lord, show us the father. That will be enough for us. Yeah. And you're thinking to yourself, okay, these disciples, they just don't, they don't get it. <laughs> Here they've been living with the guy for three years, yeah. day in, day yeah. out, been witnessing all this stuff. And they're still like saying, show us the father, you know, yeah. after three It'll years. It'll be good
1: enough for us. <laughs> What's that about? What, yeah. what in the world, right? Because,
2: yeah. and then I realized, well, I'm just as dumb as that.
1: Yeah, like, totally. <laughs> I have been,
2: you know, here I am, I'm in my 50s, right? And I'm still learning stuff and I'm still asking questions and I still don't get it in so many yeah, ways, right? Totally, totally. And I'm like, oh, Holy Spirit had to correct me on that That's at one point. <laughs> so I guess my leading question for this is, what happens when you stuff God into a human mm. body? Oh, man, come on. What happens, right? And immediately... My thought goes to Jesus because he was mm-hmm. all God, all man. Yep. The Bible talks about how he left heaven, took on the shape of a human body, and so that's all of God stuffed into a human body. So that's my model
1: yep. for God in a human body is Jesus. Yep, he's the express image of the Father. He's the imprint. I in am the, in the Greek, in, in the yeah. Greek, it's the imprint. It's almost not like he. you know, not I am, he is. He is. So, so he he is the express
2: image. Yeah. So Philip, he goes down this line of questioning and he's like, Lord, show us the father. And Jesus is like, don't you know me, Philip, even after I've been among you for such a long time, anyone has seen me has seen the father. How can you say, show us the father? Don't you believe that I am in the father and the father Mm. is in me? The words I say to you I do not speak of my own authority rather it's the father living in me who's doing his work believe me when I say that I am in the father and the father is in me and that's the second time he said it in like one paragraph yeah I'm in the father don't you believe I'm in the father first it was a question poses as a question and then it was believe me when I say I'm in the father and the father is in me and so I kind of knew this was already there so I kind of went right back to this but my main thought when I read this, well, actually, first of all, my first thought when when I saw this, I'm in the Father, and the Father is in me. I'm I'm in, the, <laughs> uh, I'm in the Father, and and my Father lives as one with me. So, you might geek on this with me too, because I'm a Star Wars fan, and okay. I heard your podcast where you were talking about ah. using, the, using the Force, right?
1: Oh yeah, and totally.
2: so. rogue one rogue one is actually my second favorite star wars movie after the original before it was called episode four a new hope
1: okay back in the
2: old days before george went back and reworked some of the cgi just like give me the original i'm super happy (laughs) with that but my second favorite out of all the other star wars movies is rogue one and i actually think it's a phenomenal movie because of The character change, you know, in many of the characters, you see that progression so much better than other Star Wars movies. Mm -hmm. And then also, good people die in the end. Oh, spoiler alert, right? Yeah, sorry, everybody. have seen it already. (laughs) Well, if you Um, haven't seen it by now, you probably never will. Rogue One has those two characters. Have you seen Rogue One? I have. Rogue Rogue One's got those two characters. And and one is Chirrut and one is Baze, right? And Chirrut's Uh that monk-like, ninja monk-like guy. And then Baze is his big, you know, kind of bodyguard guy with the only rapid fire blaster in all of Star Wars, right? How cool is that? Totally. Yeah. I mean, it's like totally (laughs) dope, right? But Chirrut, he was a guardian of the wills at the Jedi temple and or one of the Jedi temples on one of the planets. And and he had this saying, I'm one with the force and the force is with Mm -hmm. me. I'm one with mm-hmm. the force and the force is with me. I'm one with the force. And he'd start saying that whenever he's spinning up to do some ninja moves or, you know, whatever. Yeah. And then yeah. there comes that one scene when they're down on the planet and these bad guys kind of have them pinned in. And so he, oh, and he's blind too. Right. So he can't see yeah. anything, but he senses that the bad guys are out there. And so he's going to go do his ninja stuff on the bad guys. And so he starts repeating this mantra. I'm one with mm-hmm. the force and the force is with me. I'm one with the force and the force is with me all along. Bayes has kind of been protecting him like with the blast, mm-hmm. the, the mm-hmm. blaster. Right. And so they even joked about it once how they kind of have this affectionate kind of fun, mm-hmm. brotherly, friendly relationship. And, and so, but Bayes was kind of standoffish about the force. He was, you could tell he was like, wasn't having it at all. And chariot starts off and he's like nope i got gonna have to do something here the the force is with me i'm gonna go out get rid of these bad guys save the day kind of the deal and part way down he gets shot by the bad guys he he gets rid of a few of them but he finally meets his match and then bays he has this moment of character change where he he recognized you know what was important to chariot this whole time and he and he's like something has to be done so you all of a sudden he starts picking up the mantra
1: mm-hmm.
2: i'm one with the force the force is with me and you never think that he would kind of go that direction yep. based on his character earlier in the movie and so he starts mowing down the bad guys so it's just it's funny like when mm-hmm. i hear jesus say this mm-hmm. that's where my mind goes right to star wars <laughs>
1: yeah, yeah.
2: That's like, awesome. What's up with yeah, that? Yeah, totally. Like, Totally. What kind, of a, what kind of a teacher of the word am I, right? Like, <laughs> my first thought of Jesus saying something is Star Wars. Anyway, long story. That's all good. Love it. I'm in the Father and the Father is in me. So Jesus mm-hmm. says this. But like, how big of a stretch is it to picture God in Jesus? Like, it's not big that it's, much it's of a not. stretch, right? No,
1: no, he's Jesus. Because we've you know? been taught that since yeah. like
2: we were yeah. yay high, like, yeah. you know, before younger than Caleb if yep. like if you're like me and you were you know went to Sunday school when you were a kid cutting you your teeth this... on the pews all the time right yeah, so yeah. it really isn't that much of a stretch even though what he was saying to them at the time was mind blowing yeah i'm sure oh yeah cuz they weren't thinking that but mm-hmm. like i've been listening to this all my life and it's not that much of a stretch for me to look back on the life of Jesus and see a fully God man. Yep. It's easy for me to believe that. Yep, it is. I'm one with the father and the father is in me. That's yep. the way that I rewrote it for myself in my <laughs> love it. in my favorite, you know, cheer it in we voice. Of so course. You could just imagine me with my my ninja stick saying I'm <laughs> one with the father and the father is in me.
1: Love it. No, that's good, man. <laughs> It's it's not a stretch, and this I think this is you're hitting on a really really good point. How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth, who went about doing good and healing all yeah. who were oppressed of the devil, for God was with him. Mm-hmm. Well, we we equate all these things to Jesus, and this is tangential but related. Okay, and so God anointed Jesus with the Holy Ghost, and he went out and did yeah. all these cool stuff. Yeah, you know? yeah, easy to believe. We all believe it, right? We have the velvet boards in Sunday school, and so we we see Jesus casting out demons and doing this stuff, and we're like, hey, you know, God, God, Jesus, they're they're tight. It's cool. And then Jesus, and I don't know if you're going to go there at all with this, but Jesus pulls out this bomb in John 14, 12, and he's like, yeah, if you believe on me, the works that I do, shall you do? And even greater works than these, because I go to my father. And I'm like, what? You know, and that is a whole podcast right there. But I'm like, I'm uh-huh. like, wait, what? You know, and and then like the, again, Greek word in, for, for God anointing Jesus of Nazareth in, in Acts ten thirty eight I just quoted, same word, creo, anointed, is used in yeah. an, another place where it says... He who has anointed us is God. And if I'm yeah. stealing your thunder, I'm sorry. But he, he who has no, 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 anointed no. us is God. And so this is another one of those parallels and those patterns that I'm seeing, right? It's easy to see it in Jesus, but then yeah. suddenly there's like some random bombshell mm-hmm. and he applies it to us. Yeah. And so to me, that's another one of those veins where, I, I mean, it's the same vein. It's just a different spot in scripture. And I, and I see multiple yeah. confirmations that causes this thing in me to rise up and say, wait a minute, hold on. You're talking about Jesus. I'm down with that. And then now you're kind of applying the same thing to me. What What do I What do I do? Right? Yeah. What do you What do you do with that? And I think that's where we're I going, know. right? What do you do yeah. with that? Yeah. And so I, I think I need. I mean, Philip was looking at a human, flesh and blood, Jesus. Yeah. And so he was. That's why you, I agree with what you're saying. It was mind blowing. It's easy for Philip to imagine God, the Father. Oh, show us the Father, Jesus. Show us the Father. Yeah. Show us the, the thunder and the lightning and the glory that, that burns the top of Mount Sinai that we've heard about. Show us that. And that's good enough. And he's like, you're looking at it. And mm-hmm. Philip's like, no, nah, no, man, I've seen you what? burp and stuff. <laughs> you know? Yeah. It, I think this is really good. This is so central. Um, and, yeah. I, and I see this all over the place. So I'm, I'm so glad that, we're, that you're bringing this up.
2: Yeah, no, I wasn't going to bring in 1412. Um, but I did have, you know, a similar application, you know, to that, which can really geek out on if we wanted to. We'll get to that in just a in just a couple of minutes. All right. Um, but yeah. So like, yeah, skipping John fourteen twelve down to nineteen twenty.
1: Uh-huh. I see um, what you did there. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> we'd we'd uh, spend all day, bro.
2: We'd spend all oh, day. We, oh, dude. oh man. We so could easily. <laughs> this could fill like a season of podcast really, if you let it. Oh, um, totally. Yeah. Cause like I've been, di- you know, I've been meditating yep. on this, chewing, yep. chewing the cut on this for a year. Probably he goes on. He says before long, the world will not see me anymore,
0: mm-hmm.
2: but you will see me because I live. You also will live on that day. You will realize that I am in my father and you are in me and i am in you oh boy so now yeah. he's extending this this picture mm-hmm. from something that becomes a little bit more real personally because when when you start looking at this like all of a sudden now we're using this really weird language like jesus is in his father and i am in if i personalize this as a mm-hmm. you know a future disciple of jesus and I am in Jesus, and Jesus uh, and Jesus Isn't. is in me. I'm in my Father. Jesus is in his Father. I'm in Jesus. Jesus is in me. So this is the first time that Jesus, I think, talks about this idea where he's actually in me and I'm in him, right, mm-hmm. as a disciple. And it's this future state. Like, we got to give credit where credit's due. He says, before long. So it, it wasn't right then and there. It was before long. We have to make sure that when we're looking at the scripture that we're not twisting it and saying, Mm -hmm. this is now, this is whatever. It's clearly Jesus was saying there's this future state where this is going to be true and it just isn't there yet. Let's just make sure that we give respect to that piece of it and then we'll keep moving forward. Yep. That's good. So my thought here is like, wait, okay, wait a sec. I'm in who and who's in me? Wait, What? Literally, it's like, what? Mm-hmm. You're in me and I'm in you. I'm in you. You're in me. That doesn't make any sense. It's easy to imagine God in Jesus and Jesus in God, but him and me and me and him. That's totally different to yep. me. Yep. It's brain bending. I don't get it. Maybe that's the way the disciples felt like at that point, mm-hmm. right? It was. It's enough to blow your mind. But if it's true, it is one of those things that's too good to be true kind yeah. of a thing. Yeah. But it, it's this pattern that's starting to form. And I, I'm, I want to continue to explore you know, that pattern. Later, right after that, then Judas pipes in. He's like, but Lord, why do you intend to show yourself to us and not the world? And Jesus replied, anyone who loves me will obey my teaching. My father will love them and we will come to them and make our home with them. Or in God's words, we will go to them and make our home with them. Or Mm -hmm. in Amplified, we will come to him and make our home abode special dwelling place with him. Or in the Passion Translation, and my Father will love you so deeply that we will come to you and make you our dwelling place. Again, I'm being careful Because it says our home with them, our home with them, Mm -hmm. our abode special dwelling place with him, which could mean beside or next or around. But one version goes so far as to say, make you our dwelling place. Mm -hmm. And that dwelling place language is super important. Don't have time to go into it. Just think for a moment, I guess, really about where was God's dwelling place in the old covenant? Mm Mm-hmm. And right. that dwelling place was tabernacle, the yeah. temple, right? But never yep. inside human being. No, no. Right? Never. No. This new covenant is radically different than the old covenant that yeah. we're in now.
1: We had people that looked inside the ark and they, yeah. Got, and they died. Yeah. So there was this, this definite yeah. space. There was a boundary that was extremely clear between God and man. Yeah. Even if you loved God. You couldn't approach that thing. You had to have someone else do it once a year. Yeah. And yeah. that person once, had a rope tied once around them.
2: <laughs> With a rope tied.
1: Because <laughs> you didn't know <laughs> you didn't if know. homie was going <laughs> to
2: die. I probably wasn't going to be the first volunteer
1: to go into the Holy of Holies. I know. I know. You draw year. your name. What an God, honor. You're like, God. yeah, okay, let me get my will in order, you know? Go see God. It's like. Yeah, so so these guys. It's almost like Hunger Games.
2: Yeah. A volunteer's <laughs> tribute.
1: <laughs> yeah. So yeah. So like, let's like, let's imagine these guys hearing this from Jesus, and they're like, "What are you talking about, man? Like that doesn't. Yeah. I'm not sure I want. You know what? What is this? Yeah. yeah. So uh, to us, it's mind blowing, but I, I do I do believe yeah. to them it was even even crazier. But when they yeah. got it, I mean, look at look at what happened Oh, right? I know. When they yeah. got it.
2: Like, and you see examples of them getting it, which yeah. is really cool, right? And we'll yeah. get to those examples, which is awesome, because then you see how like, well, I I led with Peter, right? So mm-hmm. he he started talking about this concept, you know, in second Peter, got out of notes, you know, for myself here, like personalize this. I, mm. I am your home. Mm. If I'm talking to God about this, I am your home.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: I'm your abode. I'm your special dwelling place. Start thinking that way. Like yeah. having a conversation with God about me being his dwelling place.
0: Whoa.
2: Yeah. Now. This has a condition. And so let's be careful about the condition too, right? So if I love Jesus, I will do what he says. Mm -hmm. The father will love me and the father and Jesus will make me their home. So there's, you know, just unpacking that 22 and 23 in chapter 14, you know, you got to be careful too of like, it's conditional, right? So in MATLAB, I went back and I looked at your, I reviewed your code again and I'm curious.
1: (laughs) So, okay. So.
2: So I told you about the 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 projects that Justin sends me and he lets me read them and it well, number one, he knows that I will read them. I think you send those to me because you know that I'll read them. I may not read them that day, but I will read them probably within a week. And I'll usually have something, you know, to say or ask you questions about it because I'm curious, right? And I'm fascinated by the things that you send. I don't always (laughs) understand them because the last thing
1: I sent you was 50 pages long. Yeah. And, and that wasn't even the code. That was just the, like, the presentation. So
2: I went to engineering school, right? And I yeah. bailed after the second year of I've completed pre-engineering and I have no idea how I survived calculus and physics. Like <laughs> I have no idea. Grace and you're a software God engineer. Only. Put that
1: out there. This guy's a software engineer right. who's extremely yeah. good at what he does. He's a leader in yeah, tech industry. Uh, Don't let him fool you. But <laughs> when it comes when it comes to
2: numbers, and like yeah. I remember taking differential equations, and that's the that's where everything's spinning, right?
1: Is it mm-hmm. Diffie Q where everything's spinning yes. and you're calculating? Well, you know, that's dynamics. But yeah, yeah, yes, yeah. they are intricately. You can't oh, do dynamics without Diffie Q. Yeah, right. Yeah.
2: Sure. So you got to have Diffie Q to do dynamics. And so, mm-hmm. yeah, like I'm on the earth and the earth is rotating at a certain speed yeah. And I'm at a lat long, and I'm calculating my speed
1: with the relative to the sun, or you know, mm-hmm. whatever, like sure. in miles, in it's kilometers. In engineering, in engineering school, it's always an ant. You always have an ant on the wing of an airplane. You always have an yeah. ant on on a merry-go-round. Or, yep. You know, someone. Yep. On, <laughs> there's Some actually I think, a YouTuber called like Engineer on a where, merry-go-round or Ant yeah. on an Engineer or something. It's like a joke. So <laughs> anyway. when,
2: when we get when we got to that point, I like I totally bailed on engineering. I said <laughs> I can't I can't do this anymore. Is there something a little bit easier? I could I could break things down into baby steps. Maybe I'll become a programmer. Nah. Um, so in MATLAB, do they have condi- they've got conditional statements,
1: right? Did you oh, yeah. write any? I didn't see any conditional statements in your code. Did you have any? Let me think about that. In that particular project, I I may have had I may have had one or two, or maybe just one. I mean, I had over a thousand lines of code for that one project, but I may have if if I had any, I only had one. Was there, I didn't need yeah, it. But yeah. Was I there mean- like? If, then, else, any of that stuff? Maybe that. If not that code, another one, for sure. Okay. For yeah, yeah, yeah. sure. We, we do use those uh, heavily. Yeah. Actually, you know what? Yes. The answer is yes. You didn't see it because it was embedded in a function, which was inside of another code. Ah, that so, would do it. So, so, it was so if you would have looked. Code I didn't it was that. hiding. Correct. And I actually had multiple levels of it. And, and get this. I had a differential equation that yeah. ran through about 10,000 iterations. And every iteration step jumped into an if statement. <laughs> oh man. And then, based on the response to that, it would get out of the iteration and it would run through the, to the next one. So, I had multiple layers deep, and each layer had to run through an if statement, if else statement. Ooh, that's expensive. Okay. It, that's cool. It only took like one second to run. Anyways, but it was gnarly. I have a great appreciation
2: then for the work that you were doing. Okay. Um, <laughs> anyway, but only if like, there's an if statement. I don't know. I don't know <laughs> why I did this. Yeah. All this over an if statement. Well, yeah. it's important because if statements are in the Bible all the time yep and and I've explained yep. this to other groups of people before, but if statements are like a foundational piece of any kind of software, mm-hmm. and it, like you find it all over your life, and really, all software is is the baby steps that it takes to get something done. You're constantly as a software engineer, you're constantly examining like how do you do this thing and how do I break it down to the set of steps that a computer, I can describe this behavior to a computer. Conditions are one of the three key pieces of any software programming languages. And essentially the three foundational pieces are, I do things in sequence, I do things in conditionally, or I do things in iteration. And iteration Mm -hmm. means, oh, I repeat things, right? What if I want to go touch the wall? Well, then I have to, put my right foot forward. Then I have to put my left foot forward and then I have to check. Did I reach the wall? No. Put my right foot forward, do a check. right? Did I reach the wall yet? No. And so then if you don't program that stop at the right time, then you get broken nose because you just walked Mm -hmm. yourself right into Mm -hmm. the nose, Mm -hmm. (laughs) into the wall. Mm -hmm. So there's those three basic fundamental pieces where you do things in order or you have to make a decision about which way to go, or you repeat things. And that's those are the three foundational pieces. Well, it's the same thing in language, essentially. Mm-hmm. You can have conditions. And so whenever you hit an if statement in the Bible, mm-hmm. it's a condition. If some condition is true, then whatever comes next. Yep. But if that condition doesn't evaluate we, in the program industry, we say <laughs> true. evaluate to true. Yeah. yeah. Right. If that doesn't happen.
1: If I didn't hit the wall, when I looked at hitting the wall, then I need to do something else. Do something else. Exactly. Yeah. I launched into
2: this a little mm-hmm. bit earlier than I was going to, but because we hit an if statement, then I just wanted to point out, like there's something that has to be true for this reality to happen. Yeah. yeah. If I love Jesus And if I do what he says, then the father will love me and the father and Jesus will make me their home. Right. And so there's some conditional here Mm -hmm. for God to make him me his home Mm -hmm. for me to be in Jesus, Jesus, to be in me, for them to make my literally my body, their dwelling place. Yeah. And so, wow. John 15, one through four. It also has that same exact thread, right? So yeah. remain in me as I also remain in me. Live in me and I will live in you. Dwell in me and I will dwell in you. Remain in life union with me for I remain in life union with you, right? It also has that sort of conditional feel to it. In here, in John 15, one through 4, and I'm not going to read it. Don't trust me. Be like the Bereans and go back That's and check it. it for yourself later.
1: That's what I tell, I tell our listeners all the time. Same thing. So I'll, we'll leave it to the reader now to that's it. Cause man, we've
2: been, we've been riffing on this for like 45 oh. minutes already.
1: Anyway, <laughs> it can be shown. It can be shown. Yeah. So it to be shown student, that this is true. to the student, go back and reread
2: yeah. John chapter 15 verses one through four. And then next we're going to jump over to seven. But if you do that, he's talking about, I am the vine and my father is yeah. the gardener and you're the branches, right? Whenever you're talking about vines and branches, And if Jesus is the vine and we're the branch, then we're a part of the branch, but we're not just a part of the branch. We're not part of the vine. We are the vine because everything that's in the vine is feeding into the branch and all the feedback that's coming from the branch about what's growing and what's not growing is feeding back into the vine. So there's this, I don't think symbiotic is the right word for it, but there is this biology of the vine Mm -hmm. where... The branch is in the vine and the vine is in the branch. And so he's yeah. giving us this word picture about what does this look like in a biological term? It's you're a branch, I'm the vine. And all of us are a different branch off the same vine. Mm-hmm. There's that thing where this life flows into the branch and out of the branch from the vine itself. And so it's this picture of Jesus and me, me and Jesus,
1: right? Yep. Yep takes it out of the the weird part and right. i love it again about how jesus does things he he speaks a simple picture and it helps it, right. it doesn't i mean we can't take that allegory or metaphor too far i guess or out of context right. or whatever but if we listen right. to what he's saying it com- like to me that that helps so much the vine and the branches yeah. i and I yep. him he and in me initially i'm like how does that work that's too abstract for me but then jesus <laughs> hey here's a tree Think about a tree. Oh, okay. I a tree. Think about yeah. a
2: tree. <laughs> think about it like a tree. Um, I can
1: do that.
2: <laughs> and of course, you know, those verses are in the context of God pruning, the father yep. pruning, and a lot of other things. Are There's going so much on. to it. Yeah. I'm just pointing out the word picture of the relationship yeah. of in Jesus and Jesus in me. Yeah. Right. Totally. It just continues that thought. So now let's land at one of those practical applications. Right. Okay. And you brought up the first one. Another one is, and we hear this a lot in the types of churches that we go to and the types of teaching that we listen to, John 15, 7. So yeah. if you remain in me and my words remain in you, ask whatever you wish, and it will be done for you. Yeah. And that's NIV. Yeah. That's the Bible that everybody, all the denominations could agree on, right? Yeah. That's yeah. NIV. <laughs> and in God's word, it's if you live in me and what I say lives in you, then ask for anything you want and it will be yours. Be yours. And then Amplified, if you live in me, abide vitally united to me, kind of like that branch and vine thing, and my words remain in you, continue to live in my words, remain in you and continue to live in your hearts, ask whatever you will, and it shall be done You know, for you. So they're all echoing the same thing. Yep. And they're all in alignment in here, but there's, there's that big conditional statement. Yep. Right. Yep. And that's really why I wanted to bring that up is when we talk about this. And we could geek out on this verse by itself for hours. Like yep. yes, we could. Hours. Yes. And we could. we could double geek out here because of the engineering <laughs> piece of yeah. this. And I know
1: it. I know it.
2: The engineering and the and the physics yeah. of faith, like it uh, all like yep. piles right into this verse, like right here.
1: Yep.
2: And well, yeah, you were telling
1: the story of the alarm clock, right?
2: Wasn't it an alarm clock that you're trying yeah, to force was a,
1: pull? Yeah, I was literally trying to force pull yeah. an alarm clock. And, man, I'm yeah. telling you, it sounds yeah. crazy. But, you see, Todd, you know me well enough. You know yeah. I'm telling the no, truth. No, you totally do that, yeah. <laughs> I'm I'm just crazy enough that that's actually the reality. For those of you who don't know what I'm talking about, listen to the Physics of Faith 2, I believe. I think it was the second one or the first one.
2: Yeah, it Wasn't was
1: either it? late last season or it was early season yeah. three quick synopsis basically what todd's referencing is i'm telling a story about how i i'm trying to do something in the natural meaning I'm, I'm like literally trying to force pull an alarm clock off of my desk from like 15 feet away based on scripture because i read something in the bible that says i forget which verse i think i was talking about maybe it was mark 11 24 you know whatever you ask in prayer believe you receive and right. you may have it yeah and so i'm like mechanically doing all the right stuff and I'm expecting this thing to happen. But the point of the podcast, of uh, me bringing up that story, was that, yes, it's, and it's, it's the same thing with John 15, 7. You know, there's these things, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. And just real quickly, because <laughs> yes, it's true, we could geek out forever on this. It, it has to do with, is it in the vein, right? Is what God's promising you, or I should say, is what I'm asking God for, is that something that's already in the vein? Is, is that thing already, already promised? You know, I was trying to do something, but it wasn't pulling alarm clock off. Off my counter, like wasn't something God promised me. I mean, it wasn't something in the word, and so I'm trying to do stuff outside the word, so that was just me not knowing how to to navigate i guess like kinda like what we're talking about, how to rightly divide the word of truth. I was trying to apply something that that really didn't didn't satisfy the if statement I guess I don't know anyway that was that was tangential, but I think part of that
2: is in this verse it says, if you remain in me, which we're establishing that pattern, right? The remaining in me, I remain in him. He remains in me. I live in him. He lives in me, but he says, if, and so it's Mm -hmm. a two part condition, right? Yeah. It's not just if you remain in me, which we'll establish here in a second that we are for sure for today. And my words remain in you is the second part of that condition. So, I think to shorten up a little bit of this, it's like, where did Jesus's words come from? And he tells us where his words come from. And he said, it was it John 8, 47? He who belongs to God hears what God says. And then John twelve forty nine. I have not spoken on my own. Instead, the father who sent me told me what I should say and how I should say it yep. Jesus's words were not self-directed. They were directed by what he heard the father saying. Exactly. That's it. And so the words that he spoke were coming directly from the father, you know, so it's like, I think there's an element of that. Absolutely. What is God saying? Yes. And when I speak that out, as that comes Mm -hmm. out of my mouth, that's, Well, number one, it's what I want because Jesus is in me. And that's what Jesus wants. That's it. Right. Mm -hmm. And then also my words remain in you. Well, his words came from the father. These are things that would come from the father. I think the other kind of thing about that was we know from John 1 and 1 John 1 and from Colossians that Jesus was the word. In the beginning, Jesus was the word and the word was with yep. God and the word was God, right? And the word become flesh and dwelt yep. among him, right? He being the word, right? Yep. That gives a, a different dimension to the words that come out of, you know, my mouth, right? Yes. Yep. I think as a part of this, this relationship that we're discovering where I'm in him and he's in me, but he's, he's in me, then by, by default, He's in me. His words are also in me. Mm -hmm. And then hearing what God says and speaking out what God says. There's actually this guy I met a year ago now, just a little over a year ago. His name is Dean. He's probably, I don't know, he's probably in his 70s, maybe 60s. I don't know. He's older than me, but very wise guy. But he was talking to Julie and I and other people in a small group about kind of his journey in faith and He said, I didn't get results in prayer until I started saying exactly the words that God told me to say. That's it. But then as soon as I was willing to say the things that came into my spirit about whatever situation it was that I was praying about for a person in person, the Holy Spirit would speak something to me. And as long as I said exactly the words that were spoken to me, they got results. So I thought that was actually pretty cool. Like, Mm -hmm. here's a guy that's really trying to listen to what God has to say, say what God says, because that's what Jesus did. He got results. And he like, when I didn't do that, I didn't get results. Yep. Absolutely. 100%. So, you know, that was, that was actually pretty cool to hear that from him. So that's it. That was my journey through John 14, John 15. And that was coming directly from Jesus. So that's what Jesus had to say. And that was actually spread out over john 14 john 15 and it was one of the most important things that he talked about because yes. it was that conversation right before he died yep. and yep. he was spending time imparting those most important last bits of pieces of information that they needed for that moment here where
1: he was about to die be crucified you know suffer yep. die yep they were about to face the hardest point and the most disappointing yeah. season of their lives and he is imparting yeah. this stuff to them just before game on so yeah, yeah and he said it imperative. You know, in just a little while,
2: yeah. in just a little while, I'm not going to be with you anymore. You're not going to yeah. see me anymore. Yep,
1: yeah. and the world's not going to see me anymore. So, one one quick comment. One of my life verses. I have. I'm sure you're the same way, but there's verses in my life that God has spoken to me. Mm-hmm. That okay. So all of the Bible is mine, yeah. as in I can receive it as His son, mm-hmm. as a child of God. I can receive that inspired word into my life and I can yeah. have the Holy Spirit quicken it to me and I can see the results and I can live it out. But I don't see all of it come to pass until it becomes a living Rhema word in my life, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. right? And so my life is marked by these Precipices or towers, if you will, of Scripture. It's like God spoke that to me in a season. Yeah. Or yeah. this, I, I, like, I can look at a verse and I can remember where I was sitting or standing years ago and how it came into my life. And those are the verses where I see results, right? I just wanted to mention one of them to me. One of those towers is Psalm thirty-seven four. Delight yourself in the Lord, and He will give you the desires of your heart. Mm-hmm. Well, this is yet another part of this vein, but now we're in the Old Testament yeah delight yourself in the lord carries this idea of close intimate relationship with mm-hmm. him and then it says he will give you the desires of your heart well i believe that it has a multiple level meaning he gives me that desire yeah it's not yeah, just yeah, that yeah. I, I ask for this one thing and he gives it to me i believe that's true but the deeper level here is what you're talking about where suddenly justin's desires are now exactly what the vine desires my the branch has suddenly has the lifeblood of the vine right and so the, the desires of the vine end up going up into the branch so now the desire the branch has the same desires as the, as the vine and so then the branch starts yeah. to see yeah. his desires come to pass but it's because yeah. those desires came from the vine and i i agree I, I love what you just shared about your friend that's the same with my life i, I whenever i've seen anything tremendous happen in my life In any area, especially when it comes to, I don't know, finances or healing or anything you want to believe that requires faith and requires (laughs) something totally supernatural, it is directly related to agreeing with and speaking out and partnering with some aspect of that divine nature. Yeah, It's not just willy-nilly going out and speaking something into existence, but it is doing that in the context of what I hear the Father say, I say, what I hear the Holy Spirit say, So I do. And that's something I'm still working on. Same. Getting better. (laughs) But I'm totally working on that. Totally. Which is one reason I'm so passionate about hearing the voice of God.
2: Yeah. I've been doing this all my life and I'm still learning, growing, and trying to figure figure out
1: how this all works, right? Yeah. Cool. Anyway, you were moving on from John 14 and 15.
2: It's amazing what happens. Well, first of all, with Psalms, God... Is the one that puts the desires in our heart. He's the one mm-hmm. that builds us uniquely with our skill set, skills and desires, right? So, what you say about that, absolutely, one hundred percent too. It's like he actually plants that on the inside of us, right, to be able to even fulfill that,
1: but in a unique way, in the way that he designed us to do. So that's, yeah, that's pretty cool. So that's all the time we have for today. But we are going to pick this up again with Todd on the
0: next episode. Thank you for listening to the Unstoppable Podcast. For more resources, including previous episodes, blogs, and free downloadable content, visit us at unstoppableblog.net. You can also find us on Facebook at Unstoppable Blog. We hope this podcast has encouraged, equipped, and empowered you with meaningful insight from the word of God to receive his promises and live a life without limits.